Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting Friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local. Welcome into this special edition of the Golf Channel Podcast. I'm your host, Will Gray. Over the next 40 minutes, pop culture and sport will collide as one of the world's most recognizable athletes and one of TV's most recognizable faces pair up for this all-new Golf Pass experiment. Four-time major champion Rory McIlroy and host of The Voice and the Today Show, Carson Daly, take on topics from golf to rugby, TV to tunes, to tee shots, and everything in between. Without further ado, here's a sneak peek at episode one of the Rory and Carson podcast. Well, Rory, here we are, our first inaugural podcast episode, and I couldn't be more thrilled. It's great to see you. Oh, this is awesome. I'm looking forward to it. It's Carson Daly with Rory McIlroy, and this is really born out of this new thing that you're doing with the Golf Channel that I caught wind of called Golf Pass. And I think that's kind of where this idea came out, where I said, hey, man, if I could get a chance to, to sit down and talk to you uh, throughout the year, really, kind of get the inside word of what's going on with you, your life, get to know you a little bit more. I'm a huge, avid golfer, despite... Uh, how I play. And um, so I'm excited that we're gonna be doing this podcast moving forward. Yeah, this is awesome. You know, as you said, we're, we're excited to to work with Golf Channel and NBC on Golf Pass and give, you know, fans of golf uh, an inside look to the game and, and help them to, to get a better experience of, of, of the game of golf, but also to have some fun with it as well. And, and, you know, I've always enjoyed this sort of podcast stuff and, and this forum, and, and it's a good way for me to to be, um, you know, say what I want to say, what I want to say, yeah. uh, not through traditional forms of media. It's like a safe space for me. So, you know, I can basically get on here and, and speak my mind and whether that's about golf or, or anything else. So I'm, I'm excited. Well, it can't this. be all about golf. It's gotta no. be entertaining. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we want people to listen. I, you know, the podcasting is new for me. I've been in radio my whole life. So sitting in front of a microphone and talking to people, something that I've done, I'm 45 years old. People might know me from my time at MTV. I'm a big music guy. I started off as an avid golfer in junior high uh, and in high school and in college, but then I, I'm a huge, huge music fan. Yeah. And so my life at one point just turned into music, and that has taken me to MTV and then ultimately NBC, and I had a late night show there, and then The Voice is a yeah. singing show on NBC that I'm the executive producer of and I host, and that's been a really fun project for me. But at the end of the day, this podcasting, by the way, I've never done this. I've never hosted a podcast, more or less been on one. But uh, here we are, our first time hanging out in a you know a hotel room um, <laughs> this week in Orlando at Bay Hill, where you're defending champ. We can talk a little bit about that as well. It really is freeing. I mean, it's really a great communication space for you know a couple of guys to really kind of talk about yeah golf and 
as you well know, golf has been a great metaphor for so many things in life. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's the great thing that I love about podcasts. It's unstructured. It's a conversation. It's not a, you know, it's not an interview. It's not, you know, you asking me questions, me responding, go to the next question. It's a, yeah. it's a conversation. It's, it's trying to, you know, get into the mind of, of the guys yep. that are on there and, and get into, you know, other things. And, and I, you know, I feel like I have a decent perspective on life and I, golf definitely is not my be all and end all. And there's a lot of other things in my life that are very important. And, you know, if we get into those as well on this, then, then that's great. Also. Well, we're, you know, we, we haven't in full disclosure to people listening, like we haven't sat here and had a million meetings and phone calls and there's no rundown of what to talk about. Unlike if I interviewed you on the today show, you know, your people <laughs> would probably know the questions in advance and you'd be well briefed. And, you know, this isn't that. No. And as I, you know, I think about professional athletes that, you know, when you do media day and you do your interviews, you're there in front of the world press and there's cameras. And now I'm, I'm one of those cameras, right? Like I work for NBC News or for NBC Entertainment. And when the, when the Rory McIlroy press conference comes back to us in tape, we have the ability to, and I've been this kid like interning, if a producer wants to grab, hey, Rory said something about the greens being crappy, you know, this is the phrase I'm looking for. I literally can yeah. set the in point and out point of what you said. Now that night on the news, when millions of people are watching, this has been editorialized without your, now you may have said, yeah, Pebble was great. The greens were a little bumpy. It was a little rough out there towards the end when it was drying out. That's my in, that's my out. Now you might've said after that, but I thought Pebble Beach and the staff did an incredible job. I had to play them. All the other players had to play them. So it was quite fair. Yeah. You're t you could be taken out of context. All is that frustrating for you? Does that happen? It's, it, ha it happened today. So I got on the range today at Bay Hill. And one of the first things that I was asked by a reporter was, what was the first thing you thought when Tiger withdrew this week? And it sort of took me back. I'm like, well, I don't know. You know, it, you know, I hope he's okay and whatever. And I, I sort of, I, I sort of rambled into, you know, it didn't surprise me that much. I saw him getting, you know, treated in Mexico a couple of weeks ago. I saw some tape on his back and then all of a sudden that gets turned into, you know, Rory, not surprised, not surprised with Tiger's right. WD this week. So it's, that's not what I was trying to say. You know, I, I, all I was trying is look, I wish him the best. I'm trying to give you guys an answer, but what I should have really said in hindsight is it's not of my business. Right. You know what, what tiger does, what he doesn't do, but there's just a tiny little example of but isn't it frustrating that, that, you know, you in today's culture for you, you have to really think about what you're going to say before you can even say it. You almost can't speak too freely because a, it can be taken out of context and B it's just, um, it's just going to be, it's you, not this. You, and again, have, I'm, I'm have, going back to why I think this podcast will be cool for you yeah. moving forward. Uh, or most people. I've even noticed like LeBron, the way that he's since he's gone to the Lakers and he's taking his production entities there. Mm -hmm. This is much more than basketball. And whether it's the, the boys talking in the barbershop. In the barbershop, yeah, I've exactly. Seen, I've never heard LeBron say the F word before. Yeah. And that was kind of like, to me personally, I was kind of like, wow, that's liberating. And he spoke on, you know, he kept it real, if you will. Yeah, no, it's it's a freedom. These are, and, and these are avenues you guys need. Exactly. You know, LeBron with his, you know, uninterrupted or, you know, you've got the Players' Tribune that was started by De Jeter. Derek Jeter. Yeah. You know, all these different avenues now where athletes have a voice that's bigger than just the sport they play. You know, if they want to tackle some social issues that they feel strongly about or they want to speak their mind about something, you know, something they're doing with charity or something that's close to them. You know, th that is why... I think it's a good thing and a bad thing about modern society and social media and the way of the world. The criticism you get is very direct, but then you can also, you can feel like you can, your voice is heard and, right. and you don't have to go through a, a third party to get it out there. 
Just going back to B Golf Pass for a minute. I mean, Golf Channel has so much history with Arnold Palmer, obviously. That's a huge thing this week, being here at Bay Hill. Um, what did that, what was that like for you? I mean, it, to have the opportunity to kind of, I mean, there really isn't a face, I guess, of the Golf Channel. I know they have some like digital properties. They've got some things. They've got a lot of stuff for the avid golfer, but it seems like you and your team kind of came in and said, hey, like we also have some things. You know, we're young, we, you know, there's technology. Um, let's open the floodgates for the avid golf fan and let's give them this sort of content. This podcast being one of the many avenues. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty cool that you were thinking like that. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, Mike McCarley, the president of Golf Channel, said if we were to try and, you know, bring Golf Channel into the 21st century, a 24-7 golf channel on like a cable network probably isn't... It's not enough. And it's probably not what you would do nowadays. It's, right. it's, it's, it's digital content. It's, um, it's connecting people through, you know, yeah, things like this. Or, you know, one of the best things I, I, I think about Golf Pass is being able to give something back to the avid golfer and, and helping them become a better player. Right. You know, online lessons, stuff like that. Tea I mean, times, travel deals, all yeah, that. Yeah, all that stuff. People but need I, it. No, of course. But I think one of the cool things about golf is there's a lot of people that watch and watch the game of golf and that they're fans of the top level, but they play as well. Right. And that, I think that's something that, you know, you know, we go back to this line, who's your favorite golfer? It should be yourself. Right. You know, you should be working on your game and trying to become better. So, you know, that's what we're trying to give those guys, uh, you know, as, as good a, an experience as, as, as they can they can get. It's Carson Daly and Rory McIlroy. We're here on our first podcast. I guess a lot of people listening might say, why do you care? You know, you had so much success. It's, it's such a young age. You came into, I still think the average person thinks that the end game for any professional athlete or a lot of people for that matter is so financially motivated. Yeah. And then it's like, I don't know, once you hit some sort of benchmark that socially you should stop caring. But, you know, why would you, you know, people would say, well, he's doing golf pass because now he's going to own, you know, 30% of the golf channels. This isn't necessarily a... <laughs> I wish. You know, right. <laughs> you, don't, you don't need the, the extra coin for this. It's pretty no, amazing. It's not. That you, mean, it really comes off like you, you care a lot about the game of golf. I do. And I think I understand how much the game of golf has given me. you don't have to. No, I, I don't have to, but I understand how much the game of golf has given me and the opportunities that it's given me. And if I can... If, if you know, if I can give that experience to other people and and show people how great this sport is and this yeah. game is and 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 the connections you can make, I mean, I you know, as, as you did obviously, but I was a junior golfer and some of my best friends today are the people that I met playing junior golf. Was junior golf accessible to you? It was very accessible, and I think Southern California had a great junior program. So did yep. you know Ireland and and the British Isles and you know, all that and you know. You know, like today I played a practice round with, with she and Laurie. We played on the Irish junior team together right. when we were both 15 or 16 years old and we're, you know, we're still close today. So just those, those relationships that you forge over the years are, that's what's so cool about this game. Yeah, I think anytime you can give it, in Southern California, um, you know, I'm much older obviously and in my generation, Michael Jordan made golf cool because Michael Jordan's very public about playing golf. Yeah. Well, I was, I four, was a four year letterman in high school in golf. And I went to a big public high school in Santa Monica, California, and the girls used to walk up to me as I had a big S for Santa Monica High, and I would have a little golf club on it, and girls would say, like, I could see their eyes getting wide, like, all right, here's like a letterman. I was like a freshman, you know, just, go just geeky, zits everywhere, terrible. I'm like, here, I got the attention of these girls, and they'd be like, what's that? I'm like, that's golf, man, that's a golf club. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm on the varsity golf team. And they'd say, oh, my, my, my granddad plays that. And like, yeah. you know, golf wasn't, it, I, Tiger, obviously, huge influence. I, mean, yeah. I grew up with Tiger. We you know, played all of our junior golf together. 
Um, but it is a completely different sport than it was then. And the excess, because it, it, that's why this golf testing is cool, because it's hard to get. It's hard for people just to go hit balls. It, it is, but I think that's why trying to make golf as accessible as possible is is really important. And it, it always has been accessible where I'm from. Yeah. So trying to make it more accessible, you know, throughout the United States and, and worldwide in general. I, you know, I think some people still have that idea that, that golf is just for rich, fat, white guys. Yeah. You know, and, and yes. Not far off the truth. Pretty much. But I think Jordan, as you said, yeah. um, very, you know, very public about playing. Obviously, Tiger. Um, but then other athletes play as well. For and, sure. and, and other personalities are very... Justin Timberlake. Yep. You know, he's a massive golfer. And, and I think those sorts of people that are public about playing golf, they're the ones that can help grow the game as well and, and make make golf cool and accessible. But it's and, generational. I mean, think about when yeah. Tiger started out. Go look at some of the early footage when he's playing against, like Tom Kite was still playing or yeah. maybe even caught the end of Crenshaw or whoever. I mean, look at the way that they dressed. But he's proud of that. He's proud that he's been able to cross all those yeah. generations. And, you know, he... You know, he played with Jack Nicholas in his final, you know, when Jack played his final PJ championship at Valhalla, he, he played with Arnie when he, you know, competitively, right. you know, he's proud of that. And now he's obviously playing with us and, and all the younger guys as well. So right. there is that cross generation thing in golf too. One of the cool things about being able to do this podcast is to just kind of, one of the names I really liked for it. And I don't know if we've settled producer Ryan on an official name for this incredible podcast we're doing. <laughs> one of the names that I really liked was the tap room. With yep. Roy McIlroy. The tap room is my favorite watering hole in golf. It's at Pebble Beach. Pebble, yeah. Pebble's going to be at the U.S. Open. I, I have you to win the U.S. Open if if Lefty doesn't because he plays out of his mind there. Uh, I'm a defending champion I'd there, almost so. like to see Phil win the U.S. Open just to, like, cop off. I mean, obviously, no, if, no, I, if, I, if I weren't to win. But if I weren't to win. I want win, you to win. If I weren't to win, Phil winning there would be, I mean, he would cut. He would cap off the career grand slam yeah. he would do it at pebble i mean why does he play so well there like what is it a, is that normal for somebody to just have a course you, you you have a course i guess where the open is at this Port year Port rush that's um that's it is i don't want to put too much pressure on myself but i grew up playing that golf yeah. course phil has done well at, at the you know at&t pro-am uh don't you have a course record there did i read that yes yeah yeah when yeah. i was 16 yeah is it long, still standing long, the course is a little different now, so it's not You're so being modest. Well, no, the, the so the, the the two the the closing two holes of Port Rush, when I played and, and shot the course record, those holes aren't in play anymore. They've actually built two new holes for the Open this year. Yeah. So I'll just have to shoot a, a new course record in July. Yeah, good. There you go. That's what <laughs> I like to hear. But so I thought the tap room would be cool. Tap room's a good one. Yeah. Also, just because you know we'll be able to kind of just tap into your head and break down all the walls and really just kind of get to some real talk about you know, about this sport and this game and yeah. kind of your schedule. And so, I mean, let's just start with not going too far back, but for me, and you don't know that much about me, I, I lost my dad when I was five years old. My father passed away of cancer. My mom remarried a guy who was an avid golfer and golf became kind of our bonding thing, like on the golf course with my stepdad, who I was terrified of because he was this big Italian guy with a strong grip and a big voice and he worked his balls off. So all I know is I heard my dad's footsteps at 5 a.m. and he came home at like 7 p.m. and he was a man of few words. But like I taught all my work ethic is from my step, my dad. He's my dad. I don't say stepdad. I yeah. say God bless me with two wonderful dads. Yeah. He was such a major influence in my life. And so much of that was born out of the game of golf. Yeah. You know, like it's that deep for me, not even just about getting out. So we, you know, we, we think about it as an elite sport with rich, white, fat guys. 
there's so much about the time spent with people yeah. on the golf course. And for me, it was everything. Everything yeah. I am now as a man, as a father, in some way, there's a tentacle that goes back to golf. Yeah, and same with me. Look, I, I've been very fortunate that both of my parents are still living and I've had some wonderful times on the golf course with my father. Even yesterday, you know, we played the Seminole Pro Member. We've, we've played that for the last few years. And what's it my, like to my play dad, I mean, my dad has been lucky enough to get into this, this very exclusive golf club. And, you know, the people there have been very nice to him. And, but just to share that time on the golf course. Is he good? He's a good player. He's a scratch player. So he's so how you got into it. He's how I got into it. Um, Did he ever play on the tour? Or? No, no. He was, he was a good amateur player. He actually played a few. So my first memories of Port Rush, where we're playing the Open this year, was going to watch my dad play in the North of Ireland Amateur Open okay. in, um, every July. So that was my first, they're my first memories of Port Rush. And again, it's the same thing. My dad and I, we bonded so much just on the golf course and our love of the game and his love of the game obviously passed on to me. And, you know, every time I think of you know, the best moments of my life with my parents, it's, it's, it's obviously been at a golf tournament around a golf course, whatever it is. And, but I think golf just in general teaches you so many great things about life. As you said, work ethic, um, etiquette but think about integrity. it the, idea that the person furthest away goes first yeah think about that in life if we all treated people like that the people who are the furthest away from their goal should be the people that we focus on and help them and let them go there's a lot of metaphors that's a for great the game. analogy yeah i like you know? that a and lot the, and the idea of patience and yeah the sort of gentlemanness i guess of it all definitely it's just kind of lost in today's like celebrity puke filled get rich scheme culture right i mean yeah. it's so fast now it and is the game of golf yeah. is so polar opposite from that world yeah you gotta you gotta present like you're like right in the nexus of it all yeah and you gotta you know in golf you you have to you know you call a penalty on yourself if you do something wrong right. who does that yeah no one does can that. you imagine That's, that yeah which is Tom Brady would it. never do that <laughs> <laughs> don't speak ill about tom. tom tom's a good I guy i love tom i know <laughs> The Rory and Carson podcast is coming soon and will be exclusive to Golf Pass members. Head over to golfpass.com and sign up today. So tell me more about the Seminole Pro member that you played at with your dad. Yeah, so um, Seminole Pro member is a, a day they have every year where it's kind of famous, like in the it golf. is. It is. It's famous. Um, it's a you know Seminole in itself is is a very famous golf club. It's 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 where Ben Hogan used to go and practice before uh, the Masters. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's got some pretty deep and rich history, but every year um, around this time, they, they do the pro member where it's usually 60 pros that are invited to play with, with the members and, and, and they team up. Uh, what kind of pros is attract? Obviously so, so Yeah, so, I mean, seven of the top 10 in the world played like yesterday, which is, you know, PJ Tour events would be killing je- for jealous, that. you know, that that, that, that was... right. But it's uh, seven of the top ten. Seven of the top ten. We're at a non-PGA sanctioned, just, just fun a day. Fun day. Just a member pro. Yeah. You're right. That's that not a, my child. No, that, I yeah. have three children, <laughs> and they are here with me. But that is, if you can hear the baby in the background, that is. That's all right. That is not mine. It's fine. I didn't play that well yesterday. That's probably what they're crying. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's one of the pros that didn't get in. Um, so. 
<laughs> so how? So it's seven of the top ten because the members are so rich and powerful, or have connections to the pros? Or are they friends? I mean, or? I think friends as well. I mean, okay. the president of the club is Jimmy Dunn, who's a, a pretty yeah, big sure. um, personality in the game of golf. Um, people that don't know Jimmy basically lost. Crazy story about 9-11. Yeah, 9-11. Every one of his employees, his business uh, in the World Trade Center that day. And what he's done after that, everyone that lost their lives, all their kids were put through college. Right. Um, Jimmy's I could cry thinking about it's, it's, that it's unbelievable. story. So, so Jimmy is an incredible man. He's a, he's a massive figure in the game of golf. Uh, he's, he's the president of the club, so everyone has a great relationship with him. But there's so many other guys, like Larry Fitzgerald. Right. Uh, he's, he's a member at Seminole. Um, yeah, titans of industry. It's amazing uh, how golf and business intertwine like that. Yeah, and they always have. I mean, even going back to the creation of Augusta National. Right, which was uh, what? Not in the 30s. Uh, and then, obviously, Pebble Beach, and you've got the celebrity element as well, Big yeah. Crosby. Um, so there's, there's, there's always been that. Um, which again, like that is great for golf because that helps try to promote this image that golf is sort of a cool thing to, to do. Absolutely. And not just about, you know, I got my first radio job. I was yeah, I a golfer when I was 18, 19, and I ended up playing with the program director of K-Rock in Los Angeles, which is like this huge flagship, influential alternative rock radio station. And... I made a relationship with this guy, Kevin Weatherly, who ended up being my boss for many years uh, in radio, and we met on the golf course. And it was yeah. right at a time where I was kind of you know, yeah. done with golf, and I ended up getting into radio. And you know, we played another round of golf, and subsequently I ended up getting a gig. Because we had, where else do you have four hours together? And you, know, you really have a chance to kind of go there into conversations. And I remember my dad telling me, listen, you're not, you think you're going to go pro in football and baseball. It ain't going to happen, telling me in, like, in high school. He's like, play golf or tennis. I'm like, those are the worst, most boring sports ever. I'm not, I don't want to. He's like, trust me, you can play them forever yeah. and you can do great deals. I'm like, deals? I'm like 16. Yeah. And it's but, so funny how smart he was because, you know, I, I would, my whole career probably was made but on. When, you know, as well, like, when can you get four hours away from your phone or whatever sure. and, and just connect with the people that you're playing with? Like, I think that's something that's quite unique about Do you ever golf ride in well. a car? Do you always walk? I, I ride I ride in a cart sometimes, okay. yeah. Do you when ever like home. just have a beer or? I, I, honestly, I don't think. I mean, I've, not even I don't. I've, but I know, like, but I've I've never drank when I've been playing never. golf. Yeah, it's weird. I've never. Why? I, I some people enjoy it. I don't. I I'd I mean, I'll go in after I've played and have a yeah. beer, or have yeah. a couple of drinks, but I don't know when I'm playing. I, I just have a thing about. It. I've played plenty of times hungover. Yeah. <laughs> but I've never, I've I've never had a drink on the golf course. And do you hear any stories about back in the day? Just the the like debauchery that would happen on the yeah, tour. Are I mean, there those stories yeah. in the locker room? I'm just yeah, there, no, there are for sure. I mean, the John the, Daly, like 30 the, for 30 the, is the greatest thing I've the, ever seen. Yeah. But the world was a, a, a for sure, a, a much different place back yeah, then. For sure. And it, they weren't planned for, you know, some of the, the money and, the, and you know, it, it seems like everything has just become more important and professional. And, you know, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a big deal. And it, obviously it was a big deal back then as well, but, there was more of a social sh social scene on tour, maybe you know, twenty five, thirty years ago that that there there right. isn't really anymore. So how did you do in the Seminole uh, Pro Member? We finished second. Behind who? Who won? Behind. Uh, so it was an LPGA Pro, uh, J. Marie Green. Uh -huh. She won with her partner Rich Drucker. Okay. Um, they won the best net, and then there's a best gross prize that was which was won by Cameron Tringale and Mike McCoy. Mike McCoy is probably one of the best players in Seminole. He's a, he's a really good amateur player. Right. But we finished one shot behind. We were, uh, my dad and I were, we were nine under par net after 15 holes and wow. nine under one. And we, we 
played the last three holes and won over par. So we sort of choked it away. Right. And, and can you get mad at your dad at all for that? Or like, so I think, well, I think it was, I was partly, you look to, at him and go, really? I, like, I partly, I was partly to blame. I bogeyed 16, which was a bad bogey from where I what was. What happened on 16? I, I tried to go for the green. It's a shorter par four. I headed into the like sandy waste area. I chunked my second one. I plugged in the bunker. I got, I, I was bad, but 17, we both had great shots into 17. Dad hit it to maybe 10 feet. I hit it just outside him. Dad hit it closer to me. It was a re- really good shot. I potted first, missed mine. So, But I, I made the three. So he had a free run at it from 10 feet, and he left it short. And I, I, when, what I, do you say to your dad? I can't, you can't say anything. I mean, I wanted you, to. Like, I could have. I, I could have went through him and said, like, what the, you know, right. that, was, that was our chance. Right. But, like, I, I know You're he's trying his best. You're a major champion. I think you've earned the right to give your dad a little uh, shit every uh, yeah, now and again. Yeah, maybe. Every maybe. now and again. Yeah, so I... I but it's not it's so he he rode me pretty hard all of last year because you know it's it's a big day for him big day for me as well i would love to see you know seminole the locker room at seminole is probably one of the most iconic locker rooms in in the game and you know you go in there and all the boards are up there of the past you know arnold palmer's on those boards and jack nicholas and and all these cool guys and you get a, you know, if you win, obviously your name goes up on, on one of the these boards. This is for the pro member on the board and in gold paint. And I would love one day to see R. McElroy, G. McElroy up there. It would just be a really cool thing. Isn't that funny? What it means? You want that more for your dad, uh, you know? I know you want yeah, it, but like but, for but you and him to share that. Yeah, that is that would be awesome. So, but he got on me pretty hard last year. I didn't birdie any of the par fives. So I remember I sort of, and he, right. he's been, so I birdied every par five yesterday. And I said, well, you have to, there you go. Yeah. Exactly. And you got to go leave it short on 17. Yeah, I know. That's so. funny. It's funny. You know, my dad was a huge golfer. It was our bond on the golf course. And at Pebble Beach, when I won the Pro-Am, I played it a bunch of years uh, in 2017. I was lucky enough to win. And, you know, making the cut there for an amateur, you pros are so gracious to put up with us for, for four days. Um, but it's such a great event. I bring my whole family. We have rich roots up there in Northern California. And so my dad, who's played golf there for 50 years with all of his friends, I mean, he knows this stuff inside and out, the Monterey Peninsula. And he has a good friend, Jack King, who's on the board between the practice putting green and the first tee at Pebble is, are the plaques of the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Yep. And so I've been there with my dad, and he said, look at that, 1960. There's Jack King. He's a member of Riviera. <laughs> God bless Jack King. And he's, like, he's immortalized. He's here forever. And I said, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So sure enough, after Saturday, we make the cut, and I, my dad's over at our house, and we're having a, he drank Cuddy Sark, which is the world's worst scotch, which I have tattooed on me. His nickname was Curly. So I got Curly Sark, Curly original Sark. Pops whiskey. Oh, there Scots. you go. That's pretty cool. So he's having a Cuddy Sark, and he says to me, I said, Dad, isn't this crazy, man? Like, it's it's tomorrow's Sunday. We made the cut, and we're only a shot back. Like, but isn't this awesome? And, he, and my dad, who's had a couple, he looks at me and goes, yeah, but what if you won? What if you won? I was like, oh, come on. Don't put that kind of pressure yeah, on don't, me. Yeah, don't, don't put don't that do in my that. head. Yeah, but like you said in Seminole, with like to be in that sort of pantheon, it was it's special. It's different. It it's not a PGA-sanctioned event for no, you. No, but it's still. But, it, but it's it, with your dad. But it almost may, would mean more to me than, you know, I've won PGA Tour events and I've won whatever. But to, to be able to have both of our names up there on that board, that That's would be. That's what's special about the game to me. Yeah. And we won. And I sunk the last putt and we won. We waited an hour for Jake Owen and Spieth to come in. Uh, Jordan won the event. Uh, yeah. I got a call and it said, you won the pro-am. That's awesome. I was with my dad. He started to cry. That's so He's cool. since passed away. Um, but he like rec- actually right after that, he passed away. But like he, uh, we won the Jack Lemon award. We got, he could barely walk, but we got him down to the 18th green with Mr. Nance and the whole presentation. And here I am with Jordan and I get two trophies and my parents 
you know, got to witness this. My that's dad, so who's cool. like my father's like yeah. he's everything to me. Yeah. Like everything. And he got to see that. And that was like my, you know, it was like winning the masters for me. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's how, really where cool. else, so what other sport, you know, do you have that? Like, I know. And I think when you go back, to, it was more, it's always more than golf. And I think when you go back to Pebble now and you see and I'm your on name that, on the plaque, right. but you're not, you know, you'll think of your dad. I did. His, and you his ashes you know, there. and that's, that's the cool thing about the game. Yeah. It's so cool. All right. So take me a little bit into your, into your routine and your schedule. You, you're based in Jupiter. Yeah. And when, when is the, is there, is there an off season of golf anymore? There's only an off season if you want to create one yourself. I mean, right. you could literally play 50 weeks a year if you want to. How do you do your calendar? Is so, it reverse engineered from the Masters? Not really. Um, like I, it probably used to be. Honestly, I, I, you know, I try and peak for these four events a year, the majors and and the majors were the be all and end all. But, you know, I sort of got to the point where, should you not try and treat every tournament the same? And that that's sort of where I've got to. It's like. Yes, the Masters is important, but you know, if if I take a a big picture view of my career, yep. you know, one week isn't going to change everything. You know, I of course winning the Masters is, you know, that would be, you know, such a cool Speaks achievement. For itself, but yeah. you know, when I look back on my career in, in twenty five years time, it's not going to be just about that one week. It's going to be the bigger picture yeah. it's going to be about everything from when i turned pro at 18 to when i when i won my first major to when i hopefully win my last major in 15 years time so your 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 philosophy's evolved it's it has evolved a lot and i've i've had to i've had to change that and learn that over the years um but i if if, if i work my way back from augusta every year i'm just gonna go in there and put too much it's pressure on myself right. and and you know for what you know i'd rather go in there and you know, if it so works out that we're doing a podcast on Tuesday night at Augusta and we're doing this stuff, then so be it. It shouldn't be different than any other week. Right. It's a golf tournament. I'm trying to beat the same players. Is that thinking you had to is. get to on your own or is that from that's a little trial and error from five years of doing this and tweaks? It's, and it's definitely trial and error. And it's definitely since I won the, I won the open championship in 14. So I've had four years of going to Augusta trying to complete the career grand slam yep. and i'm never going to get away from that narrative because that's what's going to follow me until i do it but and i thought the best thing to do was embrace it head on and be like yes this is you Make know your my, one conquest, my life goal this down. is whatever yeah. but you know is is that really you know if i don't win a, win at augusta is my life going to be any different is my and that's not this i'm not downplaying the the achievement or the importance of, of, of trying to win the masters but Rory, have you, you ever know, had a night with friends before you're married? Or, have you ever had a night in general with who anybody where you didn't have a plan, you didn't have a reservation? In fact, you maybe you didn't even want to go out. They're the best, but they're the best they're nights. They're the best nights. Oh, let's go. We'll go for a let's couple of even, quiet. Well, yeah. let's go for a couple and of quiet beers. And you end beers. up having the best time. Yeah. Sometimes a little bit of that philosophy almost into this. 100%. It's like it's not like you're going to go in unprepared, but it's like let's just I love that we're comparing trying to win Augusta to well, having think, a wild think, line. I don't have a friend. Like golf, like, <laughs> this is what golf does to me. Is I find some anal like in life. I think there's just so many analogies. Yeah. I think philosophically speaking, you can draw from that. Yeah. Some I, of the greatest nights are the ones that are not like as planned. When you plan them out, we're going to leave at eight o'clock. We're going to be dressed up. We're going to black tie. Then we're going to cocktails. Then we're going to go up here. And I got a buddy's going to give me the club. Like when it's all planned out, sometimes you're just kind of like, eh. Yeah. Sure, we've got the yeah. greatest access, and it's what we were speaking about before. That there's no spontaneity. There's right. no let's do this, let's do that, let's whatever. Give yourself a chance to get fired up on a Friday night in the cabin or Saturday night, and go. You know what? 
Yeah. Like let that discovery happen organically. Exactly. Like you're a kid again and get exciting. Get out there and chase it. You know That's what? That's it. And go after it. Want more of the Rory and Carson podcast? Head on over to golfpass.com for exclusive video and behind the scenes content. All right. So we're going to wrap it up here a little bit uh, on our first podcast, which is awesome, man. It's just you're so easy to talk to. Oh, this is awesome. It's, I, can, I can do this all day. Yeah. Well, we're going to do it all year. So <laughs> save some. Um, we're here, obviously, in Orlando at Bay Hill. You're defending champ. It's a special place. Arnie, tell me about last year winning. Uh, getting the trophy, the the what's with the red sweater? Is that n rather new? I'm sorry, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it is new. Um, you know, I, I never saw Tiger get handed a red sweater when he won. So, so what? So what is it? How yeah, did it so feel? it's uh, it's itchy. It's alpaca, I think. Uh, <laughs> not very comfortable on a 90 degree day. Okay. Um, but obviously, it's a very, you know, it's a pretty cool thing to sure. to win this golf tournament. And um, it's funny. The the, the nicest thing about that that cardigan is they give you like this bronze hanger with it yeah. and it's like the fanciest hanger I've heavy ever seen. like he real heavy yeah yeah but it's uh um, where's that red sweater right now it's in my closet somewhere we're renting somewhere right now we're we're renovating Did you a house. bring it back this week and to uh, wear it no no i don't i hope not okay <laughs> <laughs> have have i needed that fixed. today it's cold <laughs> but um no but it's it was so cool to win especially so it's weird there's a lot of parallels between you know so my wife's birthday and Arnie's birthday are the same, September 10th. Yep. Um, the last tournament I won before this one was the day that Arnie passed away. And then to, to, to fast forward 18 months later and, and my next win to be here at Bay Hill, which was his home. There's just There was a lot of different sort of cool synergy between, you know, what I was doing. Right. And, and Arnold was always part of the conversation in some way you feel so, his presence when he, you're out there i know it's a weird question but you've at, just, at bay hill for sure yeah bay yeah hill. he's he's his his presence his energy um Did you is, know him is well everywhere or? i didn't i i wish i knew him better um i met him for the first time at augusta in 2009 still remember it um pink pink t-shirt uh gray pants and this big and he had massive hands yeah and then just you know the the, the shake of the hand the he, he yeah. introduced himself hi i'm arnold I, mr palmer i, yeah. I know who you are yeah. thank yeah. you but it was a really cool moment and i i actually didn't play this golf tournament until 2015 so i i'd passed up on it for for quite a while i you know with scheduling and playing over in europe and, and other things it, it didn't really fit but i got the opportunity to have dinner with arnold in 2015 and that was the first time i'd really spent any time with him and how just, special was that? I mean, that's just insane. how he treats, yeah. yeah, just how he treats everyone. It's like you had dinner with golf. Exactly. And and it didn't matter whether you were me or, you know, someone that is deemed important or the waitress that was serving us or whoever. He was the same and so nice to everyone. And he made everyone feel as if they were the only person in the oh, world great. when he talked to them. And don't you have that experience then, like, you... You think like Luke Perry is an actor who just passed away. It was a 90210 and I've been reading so much on social media yeah. and I didn't know him, but I'm so amazed by the stories that people are saying about how incredibly humble he was, how yeah. giving he was, how nice he was. And I kept thinking to myself, God, I hope when I go, like people talk about me like that. Yeah. When you leave dinner with Arnold, don't you wake up and go, you know, I want to be like that. Forget on the golf yeah, course. I mean, you, I woke up the next day thinking if more people were like that, be a this, world. it would be a much better world. And as you were saying, look, you know, I, I've been reading some stuff as well, you know, 
giving balloons to kids that are crying on in the plane. In the airplane. Yeah, just stuff like that. That's he like, kept balloons in his pocket when he would travel, Luke Perry did, so that if there was a crying kid, he knew what to do. Yeah. Like, that's, what that's, if, that's, that's, that's out awesome. of this world. Yeah, that's just stuff you don't hear about anymore. Uh, just yeah. quickly before we get to our, our final segment, when you come to a place and you're defending... Uh, it sounds like, and just getting to know you, that your routine and pretty much wherever you are, whatever the deal is, you go about your business as you normally would. Is that the case this yeah, week? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't really do anything differently. It's funny. I've never defended a tournament. I've never won a tournament back to back years. So. And what would that mean if that changes? Would that I, mean? No, it wouldn't mean anything. But it would just be a nice little feather in the cap to yeah. be like, you know what, I've checked that one off the list. Very cool. So we have a little segment. I don't know if this is going to last. But we're going to try it now. Okay. This is. Uh, like a, you travel all the time. I travel all the time. Yeah. It's called a hundred dollars to spend. Yeah. All right. So if you had a hundred dollars to spend, uh, tell me where, where you are, like what city and what are you going to spend a hundred bucks on? So for me, I would go to your hometown of Santa Monica Yeah. and I'd go to Wally's wine shop. I don't know if you know Wally's. I know Wally's because I know the box growing up, we'd get uh, wine sent to us from Wally's. So Wally's is on, um, Santa Monica Boulevard? It's on Santa Monica Boulevard, yeah. And I discovered it when I played at uh, Riviera a few weeks ago. Yeah. And it's it's a wine shop, but there's a restaurant inside as well. Yeah. And it's got really, it's got great food. It's got, but the wine list is incredible. Now you would and know the wine list. You like wine. Wine's yeah, a, wine's a big thing for me. And but your wife, Erica, is a big foodie. Yes, So exactly. did she know the restaurant? Or? No, it was something that was recommended to us. That sounds like the perfect place for you and her. It's It was unbelievable. Because of the wine and, and good food. Yeah, so if I had $100. What was, what was on? You couldn't buy anything good, probably $100, I no, guess. No, you could, just, but that's the thing because it's, 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 you know, wholesale price but in a restaurant setting right. so bottles that you would you could get for a hundred dollars there would cost what, you what, give me a hundred dollar bottle of wine what what um like a french bordeaux? like a french bordeaux yeah of a good vintage you know say like a 2010 you know the not, years when the vines were good and all that yeah. like you know that yeah i'm a bit of a bit of a wine oh, geek wow yeah that's rich i mean you're yeah, rich. So. i mean my, that's rich <laughs> <laughs> the wine's rich too yeah um i would spend a hundred bucks in my own hometown probably at um there's a little restaurant called Capo on. Um, I used to live not too far on Ocean. Yeah. Uh, Ocean out. It's re- it's it's real small. It's by Shutters, which is a possible. Yeah, that's where we that's where we stay. So if you stay at Shutters, you can walk to Capo. It doesn't look like anything from outside. Okay. It's like a little house, but it's a great restaurant. And they have a big oven, like a big pizza oven, but they put everything in there: fish, the steaks, and it's really delicious. Okay. We'll have so to go yeah, there. Yeah, it's, it's from if you're at Shutters, it's right there. Yeah. Awesome. Or any of you, if you find yourself at Shutters, you can you can go there. There's also a McDonald's three blocks away. If that's uh, more your speed. Uh, Rory, thanks for this. We look forward to uh, episode number two with this you. Good luck awesome. at Bay Hill, brother. Thank you. Appreciate nice. it. Okay. Want more of the Rory and Carson podcast? Head on over to GolfPass.com for exclusive video and behind-the-scenes content. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.